Carlos, how you doing, man? Doing all right. How are you, Steve? You know, I'm I'm good. It's uh, bright and early on Thursday, which uh, which means I I get to take a break soon. You know, today's Thursday, and we got Friday, and then two days of rest. You get to take a break. How, how, how's that work? You're an you're a business owner. I've been in business for 17 years, and I have yet to figure out a day when I can actually take a break. Well, it's it's uh it's really easy when you just ignore all of your customers for two days <laughs> and just piss everybody off. See, I, I I don't like you know making my customers mad. They keep food on my table. They keep the lights on. You know, they they let me buy fun computer gear that lets me have a, a chat with you that gets recorded, and then you know people start poking at me. Yeah, I mean, I I know, I get it. I mean, I. When when I when I've got happy customers, I get to buy toys. You know, I've got I've got this toy here. I, I just bought this. I'm still trying to figure out how to use this for my nice for my recordings. I, I think I'm gonna exchange it. This is the the Zhiyun, uh the Weeble S. I think okay. I'm gonna exchange this for the um, uh, the DJI Ronin SC. I I knew you were gonna say DJI. You know what? I've I've played with both. The DJI is so nice. Yeah, and and you know the thing is, this one, it just feels. Some things about it feel a little bit cheaper to me. And I mean, don't get don't get it twisted. They're both made in the same plant in Shenzhen, right? Probably, <laughs> probably you're not wrong. If you open them, you're going to get Corona. Oh, <laughs> the absolutely. air inside is tainted with Corona. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> But you know, so so I get it. You know, ha- happy clients means more toys. So I'm I'm with you. I I got jokes. You know that I got jokes all day, all day, all day. So uh, here I, I need to grab a sip here. And... Speaking of sips, this is something that that came up before we started to record, and it's a, what, no, we got to have this conversation. Yeah, what what are you drinking? So this is iced coffee. It is a cold brew. I make okay. my own cold brew with a little bit of milk in it, and life is good. But I said. You know, I'm going to sip on some of this Cavassier if you don't mind. And Steve said, "Are you day drinking?" No. Yeah, what's what's you, Cavassier? I don't. You don't know. That see, sounds like that sounds like those those long sausages that you get in Germany. <laughs> That's kill. Well, in, in in Germany, I don't know what it would be called, but in, you know, I think Whatever, you're thinking about kielbasa. Know. Kielbasa, I think, is Polish, if I remember right. Whatever. They all look the same to me. Uh. I don't think I I did not mean that to actually be racist to all of the Polish and German people uh, watching. <laughs> We're off to a great start. <laughs> yikes. So Cavassier is a brand of cognac. Uh and it, it well it was making a callback. I'm sorry, I, I think you, you you pronounced that incorrectly. It's cognac. Okay? It's cognac. <laughs> okay. So I, I was making a callback to a movie who I that I, I would have thought you would have had near and dear to your heart being in, in the IT world, uh, Office Space. I love that movie. And you don't you, you don't make the callback to some Cavassier? I don't remember it. Oh man, I don't remember that scene. Well, uh, th- there's a 
uh, it's part of the soundtrack, I should say. It's, it's oh, not- okay. So the, the soundtrack, when, when I'm watching movies, for whatever reason, like I listen to the soundtrack, and when I hear the song, I can typically say, oh, that's the song from whatever. But I typically don't listen to the to the words of the soundtrack. I, I suck at that when it comes to movies. Um, but let me tell you, man, there, there are so many awesome scenes from that movie. Like my wife and I, we just, we just quote that movie to each other all day. It's, it's great. Oh man. So sipping on some Kavasi. It's part of the sound. It's in the soundtrack. One of the, I don't remember the exact name of the song, but you know, sipping on Kumbat. Never mind. No, we're going to go out and let's get some, let's, let's get a printer and beat it up and, you know. So you spell that kind of like Kilbasie? What Kilbasie or uh, or cognac? Kilbasie. Kilbasie, yes. <laughs> so so Carlos, uh, your your name is confusing for me because I feel like you've got two different last names. I have four. Well, I have. I really do have two two different last names. But I have like, you know, four are different these, names. Are these? Uh, I mean, obviously they're not secrets, but are are these like spy names? Do you have no you have a different uh, name so for each country? I'm I'm a foreigner. I, I know my accent doesn't give it away much. You have to listen a bit before you go. You're, he's got kind of a tinge of an accent, and he's you're Canadian, think, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and where I'm from, uh, you take your father's last name and your mother's last name. You don't just take your father's last name. And women don't change their name when you get, when they get married. They don't change their name. Hmm. Uh, so my the last name that you know, Felix, uh, is my dad's last name. Ortiz is my mom's last name. So hmm. that's how you end up with two last names in Puerto Rico. Everybody has two last names. That's really cool. Now, what if you're like me and you're like, I don't know my dad. Well, then you just have one last name. It's okay. And then you're a loser in Puerto Rico? No. They just they just think you're a gringo. Look at him, he gringo. He oh, thinks that's... he's better than us because he only has one last name. <laughs> I don't know what a gringo is, but okay. You don't know what a gringo is? Come on. I really don't, man. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm very sheltered. Okay, I'm an only child. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland, a very white city. Uh, I think there was like one black kid in the whole school. Like I just, I, I don't like our 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 gang. Like you know, you gotta be careful because the streets of Brunswick are dangerous. They got kids riding around in their scooters, and they bust a cap in your ass with their super soakers. Okay, like that's <laughs> that's what I grew up <laughs> in, man. <laughs> you gotta watch out for that brunswick city street gang man <laughs> well it's like the sharks and the jets <laughs> so so yeah i i'm i'm completely sheltered to all this. i love learning about uh other cultures i just find it all so fascinating um so yeah so where, where did how did we end up here i i, I Hadn't been exposed uh, to something. I, <laughs> this, welcome to my podcast, Carlos. Hey! This is this okay. is uh, this is the mind of Steve. All right, this is what ADD does to you when you're not. Oh, married. gringo! You don't know what a gringo is. A gringo is uh, yeah. Spanish slang for an American. Oh, 
It isn't quite well, so. It, it isn't quite so much as calling, calling someone, you know, one of those words. Oh and yeah, there, there are a few yeah. words to, like you but know, the words you're not supposed to use about other cultures. Yeah, I mean that's just rude and insensitive and wrong and exactly you know, bad in all sorts of ways. But it's not quite that. But it's certainly right. not the nicest thing to say about someone, right? How's you know they're just. You, although you can use it in a nice context. That's fair. So I guess we should we should talk about something serious before we start losing people. Uh, so, so, so Carlos, you have an MSP. I do. Um, you are in uh, beautiful, sunny Indiana. That has absolutely no sun today, correct? Yeah, it's okay. Ohio, it's... Uh, a high of, I don't know, 40 something. It was yeah, supposed to be words. 60s all week, except my, for my Apple, one day. I'm looking at my Apple Watch right now. It's saying it's 44 outside and we're supposed to get to 58. So maybe, just maybe, we'll see some sun today. Yeah, it was, it was supposed to get 60s all week. And instead, it's been like 40s. Today, it'll get up to 63 with rain. It'll rain all afternoon. So it's, we just we just can't win here, you know. We got those uh, we got those April showers going full force right now. But you have Columbus. I've only been there like a handful of times, so I don't really know what's so great about it. I know you oh, go oh. there every year. I go there at oh. least twice a year every year, uh, at least sometimes well, more. Just, you you go um, so why don't you fill people in on so so you've got an MSP but yeah you've let's, also start, got let's some, go with the MSP route yeah so you you've got your MSP you've got um, uh, a boatload of clients uh, I know that so so here's the interesting thing about Carlos guys is Carlos is afraid of you guys okay Carlos is he actually shakes when he thinks of competitors so Carlos. I don't. Carlos is is the kind of guy he's not going to give away his secret sauce. Um, no, I don't. I'm not going to give away my secret sauce. I'm not afraid of competitors. I love competitors. You know what competitors are? They're fresh meat. <laughs> so, and that's and that's fair, Carlos. You you um you operate a really a really neat way because you've got a neat past, and I think your neat past has kind of given you a competitive advantage to how you how you operate how you run your business so that's fair I don't, um you know you before you ran an msp you were uh military well there was a step in between right okay uh, uh i i had a, a straight civilian job if you will Ooh. uh the, the way it worked out was uh I went uh, out of high school into the military. Uh, could have gone into college, backstory, whatever. Um, but I was basically sick and tired of school, and I was sick and tired of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Fort Lauderdale sucks. Um, you know, the folks at uh, – who is it? That, the Tech Nibble, hey, Bryce, you know. I know you love Fort Lauderdale, but Fort Lauderdale sucks. Um, <laughs> Dave, I know you love – Fort Lauderdale, but Lauderdale sucks. Uh, and my family Dave's, lives down there. So. Dave's in Miami. Dave's in Miami, not Fort Lauderdale. No, he's not in Miami. He's in Fort Lauderdale. He's in Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood? No. He's in mm. Hollywood, which 
I guess I consider Hollywood to be Miami because no, no, that's Broward County, man. That's that's hard Fort Lauderdale. Oh, uh, anyhow, okay. I joined the military, and uh, I did a lot of this, a lot of IT work in the military. Did a lot of other stuff, but my primary job was on the IT side. Um, before I became a grunt, which is a different story. Um, and. As it happens, I had an idiot for a boss. And I mean a idiot, you know, bring Carlos Messi into the room. Um, and when it came time to get out, I decided that I would never, ever work for somebody like that again, number one. And number two, that I would never be at someone else's uh, mercy anymore because that guy – you know, dumb as he was, had me at his mercy. Uh, yeah. If he wrote, if he if he wrote me up, he wrote me up. It didn't matter whether his write ups were legitimate or not. In the military, that does you know, be, suck it up, Buttercup. Um, so, and, and to be clear, for those that aren't aware of how the world works, Puerto Rico is part of the United States. We're not a state. We are a territory that's really managed more like a colony, but we're part of the United States. So when I say I joined the military, I mean the United States Army, the United States military, not the Puerto Rico Army, right? Because there isn't one. We have a National Guard that is part of the United States National Defense System. Um, So when I got out – I interviewed at a bunch of places, and uh, at least back then, the, the, the question of the day was, during, during you know, interviews, was, uh, where do you see yourself in five years? I don't know if it's still because I haven't done an interview like that in forever and a day. And uh, Steve knows me, so he won't find it surprising, but you, dear watcher, listener, may not know me and probably don't know me. And so I'm uh, pretty straightforward about things. Call spade a spade, and if it blows up in my face, meh, so be it. Uh, I'd rather tell you what I think and tell you the truth than to try to sugarcoat it, and then you get the wrong idea. And that's fair. I think I think some people appreciate that. Uh, some people do. Some people don't. And I found that out when I was interviewing. So when the inevitable question of what do you see yourself in five years comes up, my answer struck a lot of people very hard. My answer was, in five years, I'm going to be in your position. They would go, what? Yeah, in five years, I'm going to own a piece of this. Either I'm going to own a piece of this or I'm going to bounce. I'm out. And I'm going to start my own thing. And I'm going to do whatever I need to do to survive. Because I'm not going to be at someone else's mercy anymore. Uh, Surprisingly to me... That wasn't received as well as I had thought would be. You know, frankness uh, wasn't surprised. It was uh, was not received as well as I had thought. And probably out of uh, maybe forty or fifty interviews, I got maybe fifteen callbacks. Oh wow! Which so, I consider I consider that to be a very low callback number. I I mean I'm told that that's good, but I consider that bad. I thought I would be hitting ninety plus percent. Uh, and inevitably, inevitably, the answer was, well, you know, you, 
you come in kind of strong. Like, what did? Okay, whatever. What, what, what would you rather me be weak? Like, exactly. That... Would you rather me be weak? Would you rather me be meek? No, no, thanks. That's just not me. Um, and uh, eventually uh, narrowed down my options, and out of the stack of offers, I chose one, and um, I went to work for them. Um, it happens that my wife also went to work for them. My wife uh, is also in the tech field, was also in the tech field in the military. Um, and they needed some more help. And I said, well, you know, my wife, she's, and you know, everybody props their wife up, right? I mean, if you don't, if you're not propping your wife up, you're an ass. Mm -hmm. uh, forgive the language, you know, let's say you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think um, you're an ass is, is fair. That's fair. Um, because, you know, your wife is supposed to be your partner in life and or you know, your husband or your whatever you want to call it. I'm not here to judge you. Um, and they said, well, OK, you know, we'll interview her. And they interviewed her and was like, wow, yeah, she actually does have chops. Come, come on to work here. Um, fast forward. Uh, four years and nine months, I believe. The, the, the things we talked about during the interview uh, hadn't been mentioned again. Oh. You know? So, so, so you, I, I you decided to have some, you want to have some ownership like you had initially indicated, like, oh, oh, yeah, he was serious. Well, so. It caught my boss and m m part owner of the company a little bit by surprise, but not terribly by surprise. Um, he was having some issues with his business partner, and they were in disputes and whatnot. And I said, oh, by the way, remember, interview, you know, four and a half, five years ago almost, we talked about this. Now, whether you remember it or not, it's not my problem, but I remember talking about it because I talked about it with everybody. And don't forget that this is my stipulation. And, you know, he said, uh, uh, what? I, I remember, but really now? Because he's having problems with his other business partner and things are not great. Business is good, but, you know, Fighting in 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 the ownership is never fun. No, um, it really isn't. It really isn't. So it happens that he settled that with. Uh, he ended up buying the other business partner out about a month before my deadline, and he offered my wife and I both a piece of the action. We took it. We ran with it. We did the normal, we went from working, you know, 50 hours a week, which was pretty normal back then, to working 100 hours a week. Because once you're an owner, guess what? Uh, it's on you to make this thing work. Um, after a while, he didn't want to do the business ownership thing anymore. He sold us the, the remainder of the business. And here we are, right? So that, that evolved into what we are today uh but i i had a uh an it job in the civilian world for a bit before i worked 
for myself, number one, and number two, before we evolved the company into an MSP. We evolved the company into an MSP probably in 2007. We didn't call it an MSP back then, but it's what we were doing. Right. Um, back then, you were just an IT consulting company, right? Yeah, we were an IT support company. We were, we're a consultant uh uh, but we were offering the MSP things to clients because we saw the value of lowering their bills. I know that sounds counterintuitive, lower how much you take in. Mm-hmm. Um, but lowering the bills also meant steady income for us. <clears throat> and I would take steady income over, uh, you know, the, the roller coaster of high income, low income, high income, low income, depending on what problems crop up on any given day or week or month. Uh, I would I would much rather just kind of flatten it out. Like right now, we're trying to flatten that curve of COVID. That's what we did back in 20, you know, 2007. We started moving towards flattening the curve of our income. You know, not flatten it. Flatten it. We were, you know, ideally curving it up a little bit for us by adding more clientele, but it also meant we had to get smart about what we were doing. We had to automate a lot of things. <clears throat> and, you know, the, the drill is, if you're an MSP, your focus should be on automating everything. Mm-hmm. Should be, you should be blind. You should know how things work, but you shouldn't know that one of your scripts or one of your uh, – <clears throat> alerts or um, monitors caught a problem on Steve's computer and fixed it, bam, done. You should be oblivious to that fact. Your system should document that. Hey, I noticed. It should take care of it for you. Exactly. It It should document it, but it should also just take care of it for you. You should have built the automation to handle that. Um. Because if you do that, then you're able to grow the business without growing the amount of work that you have to do in order to grow the business, right? Amen uh, to that. So <clears throat> back then, we didn't have the, this, these fancy RMMs and whatnot. So let me tell you, we had to conjure up our own ways. And at the time, let me tell you, it was, a, it was interesting. We, uh, what I did was... My, my secret sauce back then, if you will, that I don't care about anymore because it's not what I do anymore, was I set up a VPN to every single client, and I would put a virtual machine in my office that was part of the domain of every single client that would ride over that VPN. And then I would automate all that stuff on my virtual machine, right? I would have my own stack of things to do. And because I'm in the domain, then I'm able to run as administrator across the VPN, right? Um, And that's how we started. Uh, Later on, we found this uh, wonderful thing called, what was it called? Uh, Hound Dog. Ooh, Hound Dog. Now we're talking. Right. Um, Let me see. Uh, Hound Dog. Uh, RMM. It became what I believe is now Ninja. I don't know. Mm. I, I, it, it became it, it got GFI bought, Max. 
Exactly. We can purify Max, and then that became logic something now. else. Okay. Logic now, and then then now it's Solar Winds MSP RMM. Perfect. See, you know that you know this history. I don't. Oh, well, you know me. I, I switch every three to six months, man. Exactly. Uh, not anymore. You... Not anymore. <laughs> what are you on today? Today I am on Solar Winds MSP RMM. And you've been on that for about two years or three years now, right? No. So I was on Kaseya for two years, and I I just wasn't feeling it. And I so about seven ish. I don't know, man. I I think that I I think I tell people like six, seven, eight ish months ago uh, is is when I decided to make the switch. And I I actually did a lot of research before just kind of jumping because I didn't. That's what I used to do, man. I used to jump from platform to platform because you know back especially when I started this this company, I was looking for something that was like just gonna do it all for me. Um. You know, I, I was I was expecting, you know, I was expecting to like, you know, buy an RMM and just everything's magically set up. And that, oh, uh, God, I, I wish. And I and I had to learn the really really hard way that that is just not how it's done. Uh, it is it is on you to to have to go in and and you know build out automation scripts and and if then statements and, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, even even build out the monitors. Like it, it was, it wouldn't even tell you when things are wrong until you configured it, or it would be configured to tell you every little thing that's happening. It's either yeah, the minutia. You don't care about the minutia. Yeah. You care about the real things, you know. Right. Like, oh yeah, okay. So this service stopped and restarted again. It's supposed to leave me alone. Like, um. So you know, we jumped onto uh, we did the uh, the hound dog thing. We have. Let me back into this. Um, as a business, as a human being, I like building relationships with people. There are people I like, and I like a lot of people, but there are people that I don't like, right? And if I don't like it, just don't build a relationship with you. Just Even if you're going to bring money into my pocket, I don't care. I'm not going to build a relationship with you. As a matter of fact, I won't even bother trying to get your money because it's just, it's too much work. Um, in the prior version of this eventual company, uh, part of what we did was we had standing contracts to show up at client sites for X number of hours per week, right? Again, mm-hmm. flattening the curve. We, we, that's something that was started before I even started that, you know, working for that company. They had these agreements where, you know, you needed an IT department and you didn't want to afford an IT department. So, We'd send out people that were knowledgeable to your business and so on and so forth. And that process, uh, one of our clients at the time uh, saw the benefit of it, had us doing a lot, but it ended up being that we were there five days a week for four hours a day. And that gets pricey, right? So they hired somebody. Uh, I'd seen this before and inevitably it always ended up blowing up in their face and then they'd come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, in this case, it didn't, right? They hired a, a very talented man uh, who I built a friendship with. And right Friendships around the good. Yeah, I mean, especially with someone that's talented that actually knows what they're doing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and right around the time when we took owner, part ownership of the then com- uh, company, 
this gentleman also left that place of employment to start his own company like ours. And we're friends. We're, we're very good friends to this day. Um, so he, he said, Hey, Carlos, um, this is what I'm going to do. They, they don't know yet, but this is what I'm going to do. And you have the right ideas here. Uh, do you mind, you know, if we help each other out, right? Uh, not at all. Look, if you, first of all, you're a friend. Uh, even if you were going hard up against my, you know, my own clientele, you're a friend. I'll compete with you all day. But we're friends, so we shouldn't have to compete. We should be helping each other out. That's, um, that's good. And and there's I enough food on here. There, there's enough food on, on the table for every one of us to eat. Absolutely. We shouldn't Absolutely. all just start scarfing down prime filet just because it's prime filet. Guess what? I happen to like bacon better. <laughs> all right. I like getting greasy. I like the flavor of the bacon better. Um, anyhow, he started his company. We started, we took part ownership of the then company. We were making some business decisions and, you know, he would find tools and he'd say, Hey, I found this great tool. Give it a try. And we'd find a great tool and we'd say, Hey, here's a tool. Give it a try. So, um, I believe I'm 99% sure that it was Jason that said, you need to try this. And it was Hound Dog. And Hound Dog was amazing at the time. I, it blew my mind. For what it was at the time, it just blew my mind. Like, <gasps> I don't have to have a VPN all the time. I don't have to have this ex super expensive T1 that I'm paying for. And because at the time, I couldn't get anything other than T1s at my house. I, I used to live out in the, uh, not that I don't live out in the boonies now, but I was used to live out in the real boonies back then, right? Um, so that, that made things a whole lot better. Um, and we stayed with Hound Dog until 2012, I believe. They had gone through the sale to the first sale, GFI. Uh, GFI. GFI. Um, and let me tell you, when Hound Dog was Hound Dog, their support was amazing. Hey, I'm having this weird little bitty little problem they were in scotland and you could call them and some guy who was part owner of the company would answer the phone and go yeah you know and let me fix that you know and i i, I don't have a good scottish accent so i'm not even really going to try um <laughs> I, I have a pretty decent indian but not a scottish um <laughs> we'll, we'll get into scam calls later um <laughs> but um so that changed our, our approach to things. It helped us uh, start visualizing the idea of, hey, you know what? There's a better way of doing things. Um, we found ConnectWise, what is now ConnectWise Manage, I believe. I don't remember what ConnectWise calls it itself now because now it's just ConnectWise, a company, and then they have all these little sub-products. Yeah. I just so call you, it ConnectWise. You found, the, you found the PSA. The PSA. ConnectWise um, Manage. And... Uh, we told Jason and Jason took it up and just blown away. Right. Cause he was doing the same thing we had been doing, which was, you know, hard ticket entries into an access database that I created way back in the day that then I turned into a SQL database and, uh, and it was okay. 
right? It did the mm-hmm. job, but it wasn't this. It wasn't this, you know, managed thing platform. So he went down that road. And when I, and you know, to, to put it in, in, in more context here is that Jason and I are friends. Okay. Um, uh, we don't see each other now as much as we used to. Uh, life sort of gets in the way he's got a bunch of kids, got three kids, a lo- lovely family, uh, you know, just love them to pieces, but they get super busy. They, you know, mm. teenager through just preteen right now, there's very little free time they have. So I don't, we, we don't meet as often. We don't go and hang out as often. Uh, give me sure. one second. Uh, there we go. Uh, the temperatures don't say it, but it is spring and my allergies are kicking. Oh, um, mine are too. And the, the crazy thing about my allergies is that, uh, it's, I don't, I don't get like the sniffles as much I do. but, but the thing that happens to me mostly is, uh, I get a cough and then, so, so I get this like, dry cough and then and then my and then my kids start thinking dad's got the rona like yeah (laughs) so so you know i got you know i've got my wife bringing me like allergy pills every morning because she remembers and i don't and um you know aren't wives wonderful things i mean really truly like i'm I'm in the same boat if i'd forget to take my pills you know, six days out of seven, if it weren't for my wife going, hey, here are your pills. Take them. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Part of the reason she does that is because she doesn't want to deal with a sneezing that comes. <laughs> because, you know, when I go in, when I have a sneeze attack, it's hours of sneeze, 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 sneeze. Uh, and it happens sometimes at one in the morning and she can't sleep when I'm sneeze, right? So, oh. That's the, that's the, uh, or, or, you know, the, what's even worse than that though, is when, uh, your spouse and I'm not going to name names. Okay. But maybe a spouse has like uh narcolepsy and it causes them to have really weird nightmares while they're asleep. And, uh, mm-hmm. if, if, if they forget to take their medicine and, and then, so like, you know, one spouse is reminding the one to take their pills, but then the, the one is reminding the other to take their pills. Like I can remember to take, I can remember she needs to take hers because I don't want to deal with her in the middle of the night, but I can't remember to take my own, but That's she'll fair. remember, she'll remind me to take mine, but, but holy cow. Um, let me tell you, there, there are some really weird, there are some really weird diagnoses, 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 diagnostication whatever anyway so uh strategery strategery yes it's more gooder it's more gooder so there's there's some really weird like diseases and stuff and um i just i and then the things that people do with medicine like the the pills that they can create you know that blows my mind and uh and we still have coronavirus. We're, we're still here. Well, you know, that's what happens when you're not as good as Ozzy Osbourne at eating dead bats. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back, hey, back to you and your connect wise and hound dog. <laughs> so 
so Jason was, uh, jumped on the ConnectWise thing, same as we had, and he got pitched the lab tech thing by ConnectWise. Uh, um, and I had already tested lab tech. And at the time I tested lab tech, it was like version nine. It was, uh, we were still running uh, uh, Hound Dog. And let me tell you, it was horrendous. Oh, lab tech was uh, so ugly back then. But the, it's the not thing about ugly. I, it's just it wasn't functional. It didn't do things. Oh, I, I think it. Well, let me see. I think I tested it back when it was like lab tech. It was it was two thousand eleven, like early twenty eleven. So it might have been like lab tech seven at that point, like six or seven. I feel like is the version I tested out. Maybe eight. it, it was earlier in twenty eleven then because I. Uh, I tested version nine, I think it was, uh, in like 2010. Maybe it was nine that I tested out. I don't know. I All I know I, is it was horrendous. I thought it, and I thought it did a great job at stuff. I just had to click 96 times in order to get to one thing. And, and that, <laughs> like, that fast talk thing, just so that, you know, because normally the agents would check in this slowly every five and minutes <laughs> and then and then you'd have to hit a button in order for them to start checking in faster like the whole thing it was just very unintuitive but but i could tell like someday this thing's going to be great but right now it's not great for me i actually signed on with lab tech it must have been 2010 or 2011 on lab tech 9 then um like I said, it's there's been so many. I don't know, guys. Okay, so so I signed up with it. Uh, I I was using it. I was setting it up, and uh, I actually had a part time job at a data center. I was working uh, noon to midnight on Saturdays and Sundays, and they didn't care what I did, as long as I did the approximately ninety ish minutes of work that needed to be done while I was there for twelve for those twelve hours. So I That's would cool. spend yeah, I would spend the other ten and a half hours uh, you know, eating way too much. I gained a hundred pounds working there for eight months. It six to eight months. Yeah, no joke. Hundred pounds. God. That's that's and I still have not been able to lose it. Um, I would eat, you know, the medium bag of M and M's. It's like this big. I would eat one of those on Saturday, and then I'd walk next door. Hey, at least I went walking. I would walk next door to Drug Mart, and I would buy another medium bag of M and M's, and then I'd walk back to the data center. I'd walk. I we had to we had to do rounds, so I'd walk around the data center when you had to like, you know, check the uh, the electricity meter and and like they like they had it like we had to write down where the gauges were at on the electricity meter we had to uh we had to write down all this stuff you know electricity water uh we had to check the the fuel level on the generators like there was just so much stuff we had to check and i get it but man dude that that job was just so tedious there was one time they had me counting screws I'm not kidding. Baby, it was like counting and sorting we have, racks. We have screws. no work for Steve, but we need him here for the next 12 hours. What can we do? Here's was, a box of crews. It, it was a it was a manned uh it was a it was a manned um data center. It required somebody on on site 24/7. They had like major hospitals inside there. 
Uh, and now you can monitor half that stuff, more than half that stuff, automatically with no problems. Well, no, they they were using they were using all this free stuff too. Like it blew me away how much um, open source product they were using. Um, if I it works, it works. It yeah, you're right. But holy cow, I was like, I'm sitting there like setting up my lab tech, and I'm looking at like I think they're using Nagios and some other stuff I'm hey like, hey hey don't 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 hate on nagios i that was the basis of a lot of my scripting and monitoring way back in the day and i'm, I'm just like in lab tech i'm like i can do all of this in lab tech this is so stupid and i'm setting up my lab tech i had invested easily uh 240 hours in lab tech in the time that I was working in that data center. And even after all that, it was still awful. It was just so awful because the, the interface, it was just such a pain in the ass to find anything to, to be able to, to configure things correctly. And then like, there's the, the groups and folders and this and that, and like, you know, getting the, the nesting just right. It was, I left it. I think I went back to GFI max or, or I went to level platforms, managed workplace, or I don't know. I went to, I, I tried them all. I, I think the only thing that I changed more than my RMM and PSA was my underwear. Maybe. So, yeah. It's a strong, maybe. Um, <laughs> But yeah, let me tell you guys, if if you can get a gig working at one of those 24-hour data centers on the weekends where all they need you to do is some rounds and and change some tapes on on some customers' tapes. servers. Yeah, man. God. Had to, they had me changing tapes. Mm-hmm. That job was a riot. Oh my God. Uh, How far we've come, huh? Well, and you gotta think, man, that was like 2010. 2011 like we're not i mean it doesn't feel like it was that long ago but then you realize like holy shit that was that was nine ten years ago <laughs> changing tapes it's, it's been a while but you know like those hospitals are still probably using those tape decks <laughs> oh my gosh i i'm genuinely I, I, time, I would not be surprised I wouldn't be surprised at this point in time if people were still using tapes or some things. Um, Absolutely. Part of, part of what you run into when you take on a new client is old technology that they haven't moved on from because it works, right? Well, you know what? This is no longer supported, but it works. But it's no longer supported, so you're exposed to malware and attacks and this, that, especially because it's internet phasing, but it works, Carlos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let, let me let, let me get back onto the track, and then you know we, yeah yeah you were telling me a uh, story. Anyhow, I'm sorry, I ruined story. No time. big deal. I mean, this we you know I, I do the same thing. We you know we squirrel. <laughs> um, so Jason got pitched LabTech. Uh, he jumped from uh, GFI uh, Max to LabTech, and it was singing his praises. And I'm like, man, I've tried this thing before. It was garbage, and this that. The other says, you really need to try it again. And again, he's a good friend. I value his opinion. Um, so I gave it a try. Um, I gave it a try in November of 2011, I think it was. And 
in on December 31st of 2011, I signed my contract to go to LabTech. Good for you. And we've been and on LabTech you... ever since. And I'll say that I have my... Uh, go ahead. I was, I was just going to ask, did you, uh, did you ever use that LabTech Ignite when it started? Oh, yeah. That was the first thing we, we had. Um, okay. Because Ignite did away with a lot of the scripts that I already had. That And, you know, I was just like, well, I don't have to rebuild these. Um, um, mind you, I, I, I very much enjoy using uh, Automate, which is what, what LabTech is called today. There are days when I just want to just go, I need to just build my own and just be done with this yoke because ConnectWise is kicking my ass. You know, so there, there are some problems that, are, that the system has that you just want to pull your hair out on. However, I haven't found anything better. And, and I have and you do so look every now and then. many. Oh yeah, I, I still evaluate things. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna continue to use the same hammer because it's pounding the nails right. When you know there may be a hammer that pounds the nails better, mm-hmm. right? I still look every couple of years at what's available, but I haven't found something that does the job as well, oh, significantly better that I'm willing to abandon all the automation that I have built. I, uh, I've and, seen a lot of people recently switching over from uh, from Automate to one of three tools. Um, Kaseya. I'm taking, if, I'm taking notes. Hang on. Well, no, probably <laughs> one of four tools. Kaseya, if uh, I think I've been told if you hate yourself, because um, Kaseya <laughs> is – is still really, really difficult to maneuver around. It is uh, just as capable as LabTech, if not more, in in a lot of respect. It just doesn't have all of the all of the fancy plugins that LabTech does. But let me tell. I'm sorry, Automate that Automate does. However, you know, there's there's also some some pro uh, some pros to that, where you know the the less shit you've got connected to your tool the the fewer chances there are of you getting hacked you know True. Um, so so yeah there's there's that um so kaseya is one datto rmm i still hold uh, a special place in my heart for that tool because um even though say say what you will about datto i really liked and respect datto as a company um <laughs> They, 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 they built their BDR systems uh, around really awesome support. And sometimes people might have trouble, you know, doing a recovery or doing a backup. But I, I felt every time I had to use their support, I'd call them at one or two in the morning. They would answer and they would help me. Yeah. Uh, I, I use Dato BDR and it's amazing. Yeah. So... I I love Autotask so much more than ConnectWise PSA the the ConnectWise Manage, but it's okay. it's missing some things. You know, ConnectWise Manage. Um, last I looked, it's able to run like workflow rules based off of uh, uh, invoices and billing, 
Whereas last I looked, Autotask cannot. So ConnectWise, you know, they they put a lot of time and money into the to developing their products and and they put a lot of time and money into acquiring products that are the the best of the best on the market. So I do think it's going to be difficult to find something that can beat every single thing that ConnectWise does. But um, Data ORMM, like I said, that one holds a special place in my heart because uh, one one simple reason uh, when when you go to create um, an automation script. You can say, uh, you can upload the file, like say you want to install Microsoft Office uh, 365. You can upload the generic installer to the script, and then you don't have to be like download using, you know, the the uh, bits uh, from, from mm-hmm. command prompt or whatever, and then save it to this file in this location and then run it from like, no, you just, you just upload that file and it's attached to the script and you can literally just type in file.exe. You don't even have to, you don't even have to type in the, the path cause it just handles it for you. That's nice. So, so, you know, they, they did some things that made it a lot easier in in my opinion um you know they've they've got like uh you know you can add the user defined fields to endpoints clients that type of stuff so that way you know when you're deploying things like cisco umbrella uh you can have one generic script and it's got um uh, variables in the script that then call to the user defined field so that way you can deploy umbrella to all of your clients with one script and it's it's the unique installer for each client. So I feel like they they did some things right. Again, are they as powerful as Connectwise Automate? Probably not. But I feel like See, they're they're really working on getting there. But Automate does that as well, right? So sure. well, and I'm not and I'm not saying that Automate doesn't. I'm just saying like you know Data RMM like it it had some some features that I really liked that I didn't have with other things like SolarWinds MSP RMM still cannot do that variable thing. But I went to SolarWinds MSP RMM because I can run it from my Mac as the MSP. With with Data RMM, you can't run like the the remote control from a Mac. You have to run it on Windows. We are in 2020, yeah. people. I know. Not in 1920, even though it feels like 1920. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's this, there's this pandemic going around. But but like uh, they they finally last year started working on, well, not working on, but they finally started releasing like HTML5 browser-based stuff for, for data RMM. I have no idea how good it is. But now with well. the browser-based stuff, you can run it from your Mac or iPad or iPhone without downloading a tool. You can just get in and do it. Well, you know, I, I, automate isn't the same problem. You know, they're finally getting into the 2020 world, but we were promised this back in 2011. Oh my gosh. Uh, So the features, the features that they've promised in 2011 are showing up in 2020. Yay, we're only 10 years behind the power curve. Yay. Wow. <laughs> so so Kaseya, though, they have the full-blown Kaseya remote agent, runs on Mac, runs great on Mac. Um, 
their their remote agent like with with all of the capabilities you have from the mac or pc you know whatever um i i just found it to be really great um it was just the rest of the system un- unless like you know if if you've got you know a few people working for you and you've you've got the um the bandwidth internally you know the the available time internally to be able to really go in and customize your tool or you want to spend you know thousands of dollars to just have a, an external consultant take care of it for you or you know whatever right um you know any of these tools can be badass uh Kaseya could absolutely be badass but you know when when you're a, a sole proprietor and you are more worried about customer satisfaction and just getting things done quickly for people which means you can't figure out how to you know turn this script into an automation within your rmm like that's no good like if yeah. if you're yeah i mean that's that's no good uh especially if it's really convoluted to to try and figure some of that stuff out and and i'm not saying that may, maybe i'm just an idiot you know i could just be an idiot but i know a lot of other people that have really mean things to say about Kaseya. And I'm not I'm not saying Kaseya is a terrible product. I'm just saying it wasn't the right product for me. You know, for mm-hmm. me, it's, I got sick and tired of their salespeople calling me, you know, over and over, even though I've told them, look, I'm happy. Leave me alone. I appreciate, I went from being polite with the Kaseya people to just being outright nasty because polite only got me, you know, more calls. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that they don't understand that a polite turndown is just that. It's a polite turndown. Would you please don't? If I'm ever interested, I'll call you. It's no big deal. You know, if I decide I want to try this, I'll, I'll give you a call. I really will. But if I tell you, hey, look, I'm happy where I'm at. Please don't call me. You should be brave enough and smart enough to go. I shouldn't call that guy because the next thing, because sooner or later. You're going to flip the switch and I'm going to get nasty on you and then I'm going to record it and then I'm going to put it on on SoundCloud and then I'm going to put it on Reddit, on the MSP subreddits and go, hey, everybody, have, let's have a good laugh at Kaseya or whomever, right? Well, I, guess to, what? to be fair, though, hold on a second. To be fair, I had a really great call with um, uh, a podcast recording with um, uh, Jamie Donow and, and you know, she she's she does the whole sales marketing thing. And, and she said to me, come on, Steve, do you really think that that salesperson wants to be calling you? You do you, no, really of course think, they don't. do you really think they're dumb enough to not realize that you don't want them calling you and that you don't want to be on the phone with them? And you think they're really dense enough to not, to not like hear the tone in your voice. And I said, uh, you know, I guess, that's a really good point. She's like, yeah, they hate everything about that, but they're required to call. Yeah, they have to make their numbers, right? Hey, mm-hmm. you have a list, and part of that list is Steve and Carlos. You got to call them. Carlos said not to call them. You got to call them. I get that, okay? But but can't you say, please but, add me to your do not call list? Apparently not, right? Huh. Um, I guess that only works for personal. You know, but here's the thing. If you have to call me, right, if part of your shtick is that you have to call me and you know that there's a note that says this guy said not to call him anymore, 
You can open by saying, Carlos, it's Joe Blow from Kaseya. I know you don't want to hear from me, but I had to call you because my boss said I had to call you. Okay. Now, if you want to talk to me, awesome. If not, at least I can check off the box. Okay. Right? But don't call me saying, hey, Carlos, remember we talked two weeks ago and you said to call you today because you were interested in my product. Bull. Yeah, that is that is absolute bull. My memory's not yeah. great these days, but I know that I told your dumbass not to call me anymore. <laughs> no, you you keep you keep like kind of referencing your age, but I don't like you know. I look at you, and other people are going to look at you, and they're going to think like early forties. Baby, I got it. When I'm 80, I'll look like I'm 60, and I'll still be able to get the 40-year-old women. <laughs> and how's your wife going to feel about that? I don't, I, I don't know. She might kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so Let's say I look a lot younger than I am. Yeah. You're, he's at least... We're, we're not going to go down this road again because I've explained it, and you refuse to believe it, so... He's at, least just 70, he's at least 74 guys okay yes at least. Out there. at least 74 <laughs> he's that he's john got the dice. benjamin button disease john dice tried really hard let me tell you I'm like, oh, okay. oh hey john i actually know the real number i just thought you should know <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and, and it's admirable that he got as close to what he did given the the misinformation that i feed the world let me tell you uh, man he did a lot of weird like he did a lot of work, man. <laughs> uh facebook and this that and the other and, I, and you are this and i'm like man that's exactly what i've told the world that's amazing yeah he's, part of what i do like, is i He's looking up addresses. He's like, he's like Google stalking you, man. He's like, I found he, your he address, was. Carlos. So what, you're well, like, the thing is, is, he found. <laughs> what, the funny thing is that he found an address. For years. <laughs> he found an address that I that I owned, but I didn't live there. And oh, you, you don't live here. You drive this kind of car. And then he saw my car and was like, uh, "Told you, I don't drive that car, man. That's not me. That's the person that lives at that house." <laughs> That's hysterical, man. Poor John. Poor John. All right. You know what? I don't feel poor. I don't say poor John because John found himself a nice gig and he's getting fat and happy. He is. He's doing well. Uh, So so for for those of you that have no idea, uh, Carlos and I have been buddies for a few years now. We've been we've been e buddies. We've been (laughs) yeah e buddies e buddies dot com. I wonder if that registered. Let's see. I bet you that's registered to some. <laughs> I bet you that's registered to some porn site. We're gonna look this up, aren't we? Oh, it's registered on GoDaddy, so but it's definitely registered and it's a uh, part. So I'm just looking Ooh. up the who is. I'm not looking. I'm not going to the website. No thanks. <laughs> I've done oh, that by mistake what? too I'm many times. To, let's let's do this. We're going to the website, guys. <laughs> Buddies. Ebuddies.com. Boy, this is no price, price of ten thousand dollars. Somebody's they're gonna, gonna buy it sooner or later. And it might be me. Maybe, Maybe man, we'll... you Mr. Moneybags, you go ahead. <laughs> so so yeah, Carlos and I. 
Uh, you know, we've, we've been doing this like zoom call thing where it looks a lot like this. And we just kind of, we used to hang out in, in zoom for like six to 10 hours a day. And we would just well, hang out. We'd shoot the, the shit. I mean, we still be do. What, there were what, six or 10 of us somewhere in that neighborhood, depending on the day. And we'd all be doing our work with our zoom going mm-hmm. and, you know, shooting the, shooting the shit and, uh, you know, Poking fun at each other and occasionally helping each other. Uh, hey, Steve, I'm stuck on this. You have any idea what this is? Yeah, yeah, here you know, so Hey, John, I got this. Yeah. And John, so on and so forth, right? But, uh, but yeah, we've been hanging this. You've been to my place once now. Uh, one of these days I'll show up at yours. There's a skydiving center nearby. I'm sure I'll end up there. Yeah, so, so Carlos, you've got some really interesting hobbies, man. Like we're so, gonna call them hobbies, yes. Uh, passions in life. Passions maybe? is more of a is an appropriate word. Um, I I don't have hobbies. I have I have things that people should consider hobbies that you know I turn into businesses because I don't know how not to turn something into a business. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so over so, my right shoulder, you see a picture of skydiving. That's me taking my wife for a tandem uh, last year, I believe. Uh, I collect uh, interesting art. Those are from, uh, although, I, although I haven't turned that into a business and I'm not going to do that. That's just too much work. Uh, and I have photography. Uh, I don't have one of my shots handy. The nearest shot I have handy is on that wall. And I'm not, not, not going to go get it. Actually, I'm going to go get it. I'm very proud of that shot. Hang on. Okay, that's fair. So, so yeah, Carlos does, uh, like you said, he does photography. And the coolest thing is Carlos does like skydiving photography uh which that that sounds like two things you've got to be really good at all at once all right carlos go ahead and say something so this is a shot one of my shots i have on the wall um very i mean like obviously i'm I'm proud of this shot it's a beautiful shot um but uh uh, we did a. Let me put this down real quick. And... That's that's a beautiful shot for so many reasons too. The lighting was perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. We caught the, the 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 right lighting at the right time of the day. At the and the jump was the really this jump couldn't have been any better. Uh, the fellow flying the flag is a friend of mine. Uh, he's Mike Klashna. Uh, he's an instructor where I also teach skydiving in uh, Chicagoland Skydiving Center in Rochelle, Illinois. Um, we hosted nationals, United States Parachute Association's National Skydiving uh, Championship in 2018. And on the afternoon of September 11th, uh, we were far enough into the competition that we could halt operations and just, you know, call the afternoon a a time to think about uh, where we had been and so on and so forth. It happens that uh, the United States military has uh, competition teams in skydiving. Hmm. Uh, Had you only known that back when you were in the army? Actually, I did. I did. It's just, Hmm. uh, you know, I'll I'll admit to being a chicken shit. You were a chicken shit back when you were in the army? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, the, 
the the Golden Knights have existed since the late 1960s, I believe. I, don't quote me on that, but it's in that neighborhood. Um, and I knew that the Golden Knights existed. The reason I wanted to start skydiving is the Golden Knights. I saw the Golden Knights perform in my hometown in Puerto Rico way back when I was like four years old. And I saw them fall out of the sky and it was beautiful. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that someday. And I kept on saying, I'm going to do that someday. I'm going to do that someday. And my wife got sick and tired of hearing, I'm going to do that someday. And she got me a skydive for a birthday gift a number of years ago. And a bit, bug bit me. Um, so, so when but, she got you that birthday gift, were you out of the army then already? Yes, I had all. I had been out of the army for a long time already. Um, and you didn't and have to in the jump army. in the army. No, I didn't. And in the army, you know, I knew this, the Golden Knights existed, and you know, they were actively recruiting. They're always actively recruiting. So if you think you may want to take up skydiving. Uh, as a full-time job and you're in the army or thinking about going into the service, go see the Golden Knights. Uh, so the Golden Knights eight-way team was at the competition, but they had to leave. And if you go back in history to, to September of 2018, there was a hurricane barreling down onto North Carolina. And guess what? They live in North Carolina. They had to go take care of their family and property. Mm-hmm. But the other, uh, the other service team that was there was the Air Force Academies um, team, the Wings of Blue. So we talked to the Wings of Blue and said, hey, guys, we're shutting down for the afternoon to do a memorial skydive for 9-11. Um, would you care to join us? And they were all, let's do this now. Let's go. So we planned it out, made the jump. Uh, so it was, uh, two civilians and 18 <laughs> members of the sky, of the Air Force skydiving team. Um, the two civilians well, at least, being, at like, least one of those civilians is a veteran though, right? Me. Right. Um, and then the other one, you know, is, is Mike Clash and, um, he's flying the flag and what we did is we you know that the Air Force team left the airplane and they set up a, a reception line for us and then flew around the bed and then they came in and landed in a row. Just, you see them lined up there, right? That's a receiving mm-hmm. line. Um, so after flying around for a little bit, they just bolted off and then came in to land, set up everything. And, you know, that wasn't part of the plan, but it happened to just work. They they decided somewhere along the line that they were going to set up a receiving line. And I was set up to land in it, and my brain went, how much time do I have? I don't have enough time. He's right behind me. I need to land, get rid of my gear, and get ready for a picture because it's going to be amazing. I, like, I could see that the shot was going to happen. Um. And I had just stripped my parachute off, and I'm, I have a helmet, uh, I don't have it handy, with my camera on top and, a, and a, a switch that I triggered with my mouth, and tick, 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 tick. I'm like, let one of these shots come through, for the love of God, let one of these shots come through. And sure enough, I had a, maybe five that just were perfectly beautiful, but that was the best one out of the lot, I, I think. Um, That's phenomenal, man. That truly uh, is. So, uh, that, so that's the Air Force 
Wings of Blue team lined up to receive the flag. Uh, there is, and I, and I have to make this clear anytime I explain this or anything like this to people that don't skydive. There is a 40-pound lead weight at the bottom of that flag. Uh, you don't really catch it here, but it's right behind this person's leg. How how many pounds? 40. You do not. First of all, that's not a flag. You definitely don't want to be on the receiving end for that. Exactly. That First of all, that's not a flag. A flag has a, a United States flag has very specific ratios. That is a banner. Okay. It does not meet the dimension requirements for the flag on purpose. On purpose. It is a, it is a banner. Because it has a 40-pound lead bag at the bottom, no one's going to catch that. It means the flag, the banner's going to hit the ground. Ah. And okay. so... So in order for it to not be disrespectful to our nation's flag, we, we intentionally make them not flag dimensions, so they're a banner, and then it's okay for a banner of the United States that looks like the United States uh, flag. flag. It looks like it, but it's a banner. Exactly, it's okay and, banner we do that, and we do that with all flags that we fly, not just the United States. We, when we fly some other flag, we intentionally build it as a banner. That's not something you buy. You have to build that. They don't make that. Right? That that is parachute fabric being used to make that because if you make it out of normal uh, nylon or normal polyester, it is way too heavy and it does not wave and furl in the wind. Hmm. So... Wow, learning all kinds of stuff today. So, uh, so with, like the those little cheap, cheap flags on the wooden sticks that they pass out at parades, are those flags or banners? I don't know. I've never measured one, but I can tell you that that was built by one of our riggers intentionally out of specs. Okay. In in the aspect ratio, so that it does not qualify as a flag. So anyhow, so how big is that thing? That thing is 400, almost 500 square feet, something like that. Okay. So call it. I mean, it looks like it's at least 15 feet tall and then maybe like 20 feet long. It's at least that. It's it's longer than, it's longer than that. It's, um, let's see, I've packed it in the, in the, our packing mat and our packing mat is probably, our packing mat is probably 22 foot one one dimension by 60 feet the other dimension. No way. Like, and it takes every bit of the packing mat. Isn't it? It's like, it's, it is super, super big. Uh, well, it doesn't take the entire length of the packing mat, but it takes a lot of it. Um, and, and actually, I've packed it. You don't pack that flag. You have a team of people that have to get together to fold it just right because you you can't do it by yourself. It's just, I suppose you could, but it's a lot of work. Um, 
That's awesome, man. I could I could sit here and ask you questions about skydiving all day because it is just so neat to me. But um, I too am a chicken shit, and I will never jump out of a plane. Well, I said I, that right, but but I the, you know my wife spent money, and we don't spend money frivolously. And she well, yeah, gave me this but, incredible but skydiving. How many parachutes gift. would I need? Is is my concern? Like you would need a very large. <laughs> I would need a parachute at least the size of that flag. I mean, <laughs> oh, it'd be bigger. <laughs> uh, well, no, actually, it would be about the same size as that flag. Uh, we, uh, we we would put we would put you in a four hundred square foot wing for sure. Wing, not even a not even a chute. Well, that's what we call a parachute. It's a wing. Oh, okay. Um, if you look at the design of the parachute. It is a wing. It is a, if you put it side by side with an airplane wing, they look identical. The only difference is that the airplane wing is made out of aluminum norm typically. And this, and ours is made out of uh, not zero porosity fabric uh, nylon. Um, it has holes in the front on purpose because that those holes let air pop into it and inflate the wing and it turns it into a wing shape. See, and I always think of, and and I always think of like those old school parachutes where they look like circles in the movies. You yeah, know? around. Uh, so yeah, if you're thinking about military parachutes, yes, that that's not a wing. That's <laughs> just a oh, parachute. So is so is that still the type of parachute that they use today in certain? Oh, the military does. There's a few people in the civilian world that will still jump one uh, for nostalgic reasons for. Um, uh, if if you are really bent on hurting yourself on the landing, you jump around. Oh, so the round is not as good as a wing. Uh, no, a, a ram air parachute, which is what I fly, uh, I can stall right next to the ground and tiptoe a landing. People think, oh, you know, landings and parachutes are hard. You know, openings and parachutes are hard. And like, actually, they're not. On a round, yes. Hmm. on a modern ram air wing no no um and you said you can stall above the ground so you can actually control the you speed have 100 percent. yeah you down. have you have control over that wing uh you know i don't have a video handy of a landing but you know if i thought about it i would um, who, who would have thought I'd be asking about skydiving on an MSP thing, right? You know, but I, I, I'm a skydiver, you know, it's truths about skydivers. You will know who a skydiver is because we'll tell you mm-hmm. we're, ju- we're just as bad as vegans. Oh, and you're even worse than CrossFitters. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're worse than CrossFitters. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Just so, just wait till you find a cross-fitting vegan skydiver, and then, then you got it. Oh, it's going to hit the fan if you find one of those. The trifecta. I know, <laughs> I, I, I know at least one vegan, two, three, four vegan skydivers, so they're, they have two of the three. I'm sure one of them has to do CrossFit. I, have, I don't think so. I don't think any of them do CrossFit. But huh. then again, maybe I'm wrong. 
Okay, fair. Uh, so, so you also, uh, as as we discussed, you also do photography. Yes. And you you go to Columbus, and you do photography there, among many other places. Yes. Uh, one of the things yes. I like to do is going to go to Columbus. Uh, to the Arnold, which was, sadly we didn't have this year because of this coronavirus crap. But Heinz, I was really mad when that happened. I, I will admit I was just livid, devastated. Because it's one of the visits that I uh, to, to Columbus that I really enjoy every year. Hindsight being what it is, uh, your governor in Ohio did the right thing in calling it off. Um. I am not sure that the Arnold can survive this. Really? Uh, well, now, the now Arnold. Do you mean to, to clarify? You mean you're not sure that we'll ever have an Arnold again? Correct, and not because of COVID nineteen, exactly, but because of their handling of COVID nineteen. Um, I should did the wrong thing there. I now have to go cut my hand off. Uh, the Arnold Sports Festival, and understand that I haven't followed up on this, so for all I know, this has changed. The Arnold Sports Festival told the vendors, hey, governor canceled it, didn't call an a, a state emergency. Our insurance won't cover that. Good luck. Here's 5% of your, of your money, and that's it. No freaking way. That's that's the last I heard. I have not followed it up, okay? And to me, if I were a vendor and someone stuck me in the ribs for 95% of a I'd show... I'd go there again. Exactly. Especially at an expensive show like the Arnold. Um, I, I, I'm not at liberty to discuss the fees that I know because I'm not certain I was supposed to know them, but I know that they're very expensive. Well, um, I, I can tell you that um, the Arnold, whether it, whether it survives or not, if you go to its website here, they've already got their dates picked out for next year. Oh, of course. I mean, they had their dates picked out before the Arnold happened this year. Um, but For this to happen, you have to have vendors and sponsors and so on and so forth. And look, Diamond sponsors Rogue. Well, Rogue is in Columbus, Ohio, and their equipment is used for 99% of the stuff that happens there. Mm. You know, you're going to have them. Um, I'm actually surprised that they have these many already lined up in those levels because – yeah, but look at look at the like some of the some of these companies are just ginormous. You know, yeah. like I mean the Ohio Lottery, uh is it, you know, the arena this downtown district of Columbus, of course. You know, you know how many millions of dollars show up on Arnold weekend? Wow. In twenty eighteen, I think they had it tallied out to something like fifty six or fifty seven million dollars flow into Columbus, Ohio Thursday through Sunday. And that does not include the Arnold Sports Festival money, okay? That just, that's just people showing up to buy breakfast, lunch, dinner, hotel rooms, and Airbnbs. Uh, 
Ubers, et cetera, et cetera. All the stuff that goes along with being somewhere that you're not, that's not home. Right. Um, that's a lot of Airbnb. I did that once and I loved it. Yeah. That's what we do every year. We go to the Arnold, we stay at an Airbnb somewhere, uh, near the venue. It's always about a mile away from the venue on purpose. It forces us to go for a walk every day, every morning and every evening. Hmm. Um, and I tend to make it in the short North on purpose, or I used to, (laughs) I'm a little sad, Steve. Uh, there was, was past tense, a bakery right off of, um, oh my God, what's the name of that main drag there? Um, I don't remember. Um, in any case, the main street in Columbus runs north and south. I don't know what it's called. There was a there a bakery that was wonderful. And they're just I, um, I don't eat a lot of baked goods, but when I'm in Columbus, I used to eat breakfast and lunch from this place. And it's and it's as Sadly, far as you're concerned, it's just gone. It is gone. It is gone. Uh, they closed um, last year late last year at some point in time i'm sure they because, i'm sure they it's because they knew coronavirus was going to hit <laughs> a year later <laughs> that's not the story they tell but i'm sure um i don't know where the baker ended up at uh let me that's what it is um Is their website even up anymore? What was the name of the place? Laughlin's Bakery, L-A-U-G-H-I-N apostrophe S Bakery. Um, Columbus got together. This guy used to be a an opera well, singer, to, if I remember right. According to Google Maps, they're open. They're closed. Go go to their Facebook page and you'll see that he posted uh, that they sadly had to close. No, no. Google says it's open until five. Okay. Well, you know, it's on we the believe internet. Google. It's on the it's, internet. it's on the internet. It's got to be true. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, it, it wasn't closed until January fifth. I, well, I, I know it was sometime last, late last year or early this year, whatever. You know, I just know that uh, I made uh, the plans for uh, for the Arnold in mid January, and my wife said, "I have bad news for you." And I said, "Whoa, what? What?" She goes, "Laughlin's is closed." What? No, no, well, it's closed right now. Of course, it's nine o'clock in the evening. No, no, no it's closed permanently. What? What? Yeah, this guy, um, fantastic baker. Uh, he used to be a singer in an opera company somewhere in Europe or something like that. Lost his voice. Uh, his hometown is Columbus. The 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 Columbus community got around and they built this bakery for him, or at least they helped it, right? They helped build it. Uh, it was set up as a Kickstarter. Um, anyhow, 
it is no more. But let me tell you, if, if uh, Mr. Laughlin is baking somewhere, I hope someone tells me where so that I can go eat there. Uh, let me tell you, fantastic food. Just, just yeah. baked goods. Just yeah, let me, Steve, I'm going to say something that's going to sound disgusting initially. But just give it a chance. A croissant made with pretzel dough. Okay. Stuffed with cheese and ham. Instead of chocolate and being sweet and whatnot, it is salty, savory, and it's stuffed with cheese and ham. I'm on board. Like the first time I heard that, I was just like, are you are you out of your damn mind? What is wrong with you? A croissant no. supposed to be, you know, sweet and delicious and just dead. And the guy's well, like, see, and, and when I hear cro- croissant, like croissant you know, first, or something you like to, that, yeah, you always yeah, have I'm to say it real French like that, you know. But but my favorite way to eat a croissant, a croissant, is uh, is from the Burger King drive-through in breakfast with ham, egg, and cheese on it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But you know, I again, I live a sheltered life, and uh, I don't know what fine dining is. I don't know what real food is. Uh, you know, if I can't get it from a drive-through, I've probably never eaten it. Ah, uh, well, I guess like that's... you, you post some really interesting uh, meat on on your Facebook. Well, I thought we were going to keep this PG-13, man. I, I thought we weren't going to go down to X-rating. Oh, my gosh. The food meat. Oh, oh food, <laughs> food. Food meat. You, uh, you post uh, yeah, some, really, I, some really delicious-looking food on your Facebook. And, I, like, I don't know if you go hunting or if you... I do. Again, okay. you know, uh, that, that's a hobby that I can definitely say I can't turn into a business, you know. It's not legal. Uh, right. Uh, but it is a delicious hobby. <laughs> So uh, I think I think I could maybe pull the trigger and kill something. Maybe I am ninety percent certain I would cry after, and I could definitely not drag a carcass around and then cut it open and deal with it, clean it out. You know, well, like see that's all part of the hunt. You gotta at some point in time you gotta sack up and and, and do that. Nope, not gonna uh, do it. You know where my meat comes hunt. from, Carlos? The store, the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister's the same way, you know. How could you? Like, well, let's see. You're eating chicken that came from a farm that with a chicken that had about you know half a square foot of room to move in, so it didn't move. You think it was? You think it had that much? Well, you know, not growing, not initially. Eventually, had to have that much to be able to fit in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see. I got a message real quick. Okay. Um, and, you know, living in inhumane conditions until it then got chopped off, you know, or, or electrocu- electrocuted in a bath of water to then become. That's not how they do it, is it? Go Google it. I really don't want to. Well, there you go. Uh, Look, my chicken is uh, made in a factory somewhere. 
It is, and it, it is absolutely a factory. Without question, it is a factory. It's made in a factory. It's it just you know comes right off the assembly line, just chicken breasts. Okay, uh-huh. boneless, skinless. How do you even get a bone in a chicken breast? Like that's just weird. Like the, the the fact that people put extra time into putting bones into their chicken just baffles me. It, it, yeah, I mean, who would do that? That's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, you know, my comparison is okay. You know, you have your chicken coming out of a factory that never lived or I can, uh, I can hunt and kill hopefully an animal that has been free all of its life that led a happy life up until the time when my arrow went through. <laughs> oh, so you do bow hunting. You don't, you don't shoot them with a gun. Uh, not traditionally. Uh, I'm, I'm, I used to hunt with guns. I find the the bow uh, and arrow to be more of a challenge, uh, more fun. You have to get closer to them, though. You have to get a whole lot closer. It takes a lot more patience and a lot more skill. And and by no means misunderstand me. Look, if your thing is hunting with a gun, by half fun. It's just that my thing is hunting with a bow and arrow. Do I use a gun? Yeah, you know, can't really hunt geese and ducks with a bow and arrow. I suppose you what? could, but... What if we went hunting with like, I don't know, C4 or uh, something explosive? I I don't think that's legal, Steve. Who's going to stop me? I mean, come on. Well, generally the game warden. (laughs) The game warden would have a real problem with that, Steve. (laughs) Well, it's it's not a game, though, Carlos. This is real life. Exactly. <laughs> so why is there a game warden, first of all? Because uh, it doesn't... I mean, I guess it's because it's fun, but I didn't realize we kept score. Uh, well, we do keep score. The state keeps score. They They keep track of numbers of animals killed in types because that's how they manage the herds and the flocks. Mm. Um, the federal they, government also keeps track of a lot of those things. Interesting. Uh, migratory birds are are licensed both state and federal. So, so how many bald eagles can I kill? One before you go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you could do more, but you kill a bald eagle, let me tell you, there's going to be a wrath of people on you. You're not going to want, you're going to be begging for prison. You're going to be like, I need to be safe. Put me in prison. The hillbillies are going to kill me. Let me tell you, you're you're going to have a wrath of people trying to kill you. How many, uh, how many like cats and dogs can I kill? I don't know. I, I don't know that there's a limit on them, but there's no season on them either. Right? <sighs> How about this? The moment you kill somebody's pet, you're also going to be on somebody's hunt list. <laughs> hey, look, it can't be a pet. It keeps shitting in my yard. Well, <laughs> and I'm, I'm talking about a you. cat, not a dog. There's, I'm just telling you. There's a cat, I swear. It must be like a neighbor's or something. There's a cat that like wanders around our yard all day shits in our yard and then like if you know my son's outside playing it'll like sneak into our garage 
I, I seriously, I, okay. I just want to clarify again. I don't think I could pull the trigger. And if I did, there's a 90% chance I'm going to cry. Okay. I would never hurt a cat or a dog. They are adorable. They are the sweetest. Most. I would never hurt Misty. Yeah, but I'm tired would, of her shit. Yeah, literally, literally tired of her shit in my yard. Um, and I don't think it's named Misty. I think it's I'm just you know random cat name. I know, I know, whatever. You, so, you know, just so you just so you know, when you post this up, the cat lovers are going to come after you. Just so you know, they might. I have a cat. Um, I would if. <laughs> My cat is really tolerant of uh, of me and my family. Like my cat, sh- I we we I I can pick her up and I can flip her onto her back and hold her like a baby, and I just rub her belly, and she just sits there and she gives those like eye kisses where she's like, "No, she's oh, plotting she your death. Me. She's no, plotting your she death. Loves you're doing that. She's plotting she's, your death. She's purring and she just nuzzles." She just nuzzles into me, and then she'll just fall asleep like that. So, no, I, I love cats. They are adorable. Uh, Tiger I love King. cats, too, man. They're delicious. Tiger, oh, my gosh. Tiger King, great show. Loved loved it. Everything. Did you watch Tiger King? Let me tell you, man. That show. Oh, my gosh. So, so Tiger King. Let me tell you, if you were going to get cat, cat lovers hating on you for posting this, you're going to really get some cat lovers hating on you for me saying that. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with liking Chinese food. Ring. We, might as, we might as well just get everyone hating us, right? So, um, uh, that's how the Chinese uh, ate bats. Uh, Zing! Yikes! I think they'll eat anything, man. Here we go. I don't know. So <laughs> we're we're gonna have everyone hating us. This is gonna be terrible. I mean, everybody uh, hates right. me, anyways. So, so I I too uh, am am getting into photography, Carlos. Cool. Uh, I I recently bought some toys. As you saw, I got I got this yeah. here. Um, I still have to get some some images and videos off of this. We'll we'll kind of see how that goes. And for people that are wondering what this thing does, let me turn it on. I'm gonna turn this on. It should still be balanced. And then now I can just double tap this and it should straighten out. And now as I move it around, it's holding that camera steady for me. It's called a gimbal. And then you can hold in this trigger and the camera will actually pan with you. It's it's neat. It's really neat. Uh there's a lot to learn with this thing. Um so there I got is. I got that. And then uh for my cell phone, I got this similar. It's just you know for a cell phone. Um and then I also uh got my cell phone. Oops, spilled water all over the place. And I also got myself one of these. And uh, let me tell you, this thing is a good time. I can imagine. How do you, uh, well, never mind. I'll I'll leave, I'll I'll leave the, I'll be good. No, no, please. No, 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 no. no. Make your jokes. (laughs) 
no, 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 no. I'm, uh, you're, you're probably gonna, so, so no, Carlos, I have not figured out how to zoom on it. If that's what you're about to ask. Um, no, I was going to ask you, how do you keep it, you know, from distracting you in the bedroom while it's hovering and, you know, shooting that angle? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the really <laughs> ridiculous, so the really neat thing. You about said this, go for it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not as bad as I, I thought you were going to ask me how, uh, how well it takes shots of like the neighbor or something like. Nah, but, uh, you know what? That's just that's invasion right. of privacy. That's also going to get you killed. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not do that. Just by, uh, but I, I did. Um, I took this over my in-laws the other day. Uh, you know, social distancing, twenty twenty, and um, I, I so I took it over the in-laws and I, I put it up in the air and it was uh, like day three owning this thing. So it was a second time flying it put it up in the air and I'm flying around this, this uh, area and I'm not really paying attention and right into a tree, man, right into a tree. And at the time I didn't have the propeller guards on. So I didn't have this thing here to protect it from the tree. And, uh, did you I have to buy new props? I bought the fly more combo, which came with two additional sets of props so I could okay a to- total of twelve props, um, cool, which was fantastic. So, but I ruined an entire. I I still have them because I wanted to actually show them to you right now. So here's here's the one. Uh, here's wow, that got chowdered up. Here's here's the other. Did the drone come down like a sack of suds? Sure did. Wow, it, and, one, and it, re, it survived the bounce. It did. It landed in somebody's yard behind a fence. It was like my wife My wife said to me that she just expected that to, like, look, this thing's just missing the tip of the, just to give you an idea of how big it's supposed to be. Yikes. And then, again, how big it's supposed to be. Like, these things got beat up. So I got chowdered, man. I don't know if I was recording when I did it. I kind of wish I was. (laughs) Not going to lie. I I really wish I was because I think that would be a great learning experience for literally everyone. Here's what not to do. Pretty much pretty much so so yeah i did that and my wife said uh it, it she expected it to be like that sandlot movie with the fence and the dog and let me tell you there's a big white fence and a big dog in that yard so i had to go like knock on the guy's door i felt like a 12 year old me all over again man i i knocked did the, on the did door the yell excuse me mister can did i the yell, drone? you know <laughs> Did the owner yell, uh, the name of the dog, Seek Balls? <laughs> no, I mean, he, he, was, uh, he was like my age. And I could tell, like, he, he was really, he wasn't mad. He was just disappointed. Like, how is, how is a grown-ass man doing this right now? <laughs> what else is there to do? I mean, <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're on the Rona. We, mm-hmm. we, we're bored. 
uh, one of these days, I will buy such a critter. Uh, just not I today. Got, My wife has a uh, spending limit. Seven ninety nine for this. Or I'm sorry, six ninety nine for this with the Flymore combo from Best Buy. And the uh, thing is, I I can't do anything halfway, man. I, I would have to buy the Pro Four. You know, it's just so okay. I, I just, okay, and I and I and I feel you there. So let me um, let me open up this. And this and this. So just to give you an idea of of how this looks, like here is a picture. I I didn't do any like post-production on this image. This is straight from the drone. And yes, it's snowing in, in April in Ohio. Uh, but it's okay. We just mowed the lawn the day before it snowed. We had to get that of done. Of course. So, so that's, you know, it's, it's, it's 40 something outside and my neighbor was just mowing, you know? Yeah. And then here's, here's another, I think, great shot that this thing took. And, um, this one I think is actually my favorite, this picture here of my son. I see two cars. And people in a garage. I don't see your son. Ah, there we go. Yeah, I saw that one. Him holding his hands like that, something like that. Let's try this again. You see it? Steve Taylor's started screen sharing. There we go. Yeah, yeah, that's a good shot, man. That, that is my favorite. And I was just screwing around with the drone and like the, the quality of this thing, even when I zoom way in like this, like here, it finally starts getting grainy, but like, even at here, it's, it's still a pretty, pretty crisp shot. So, I mean, and this is a Mavic air. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed by what this thing can do. And then uh, I also was able to take, this video of of me just kind of screwing around and i i did this video i can't remember if this is 60 frames a second or 120 but you can tell it's in slow-mo with, with how slow that snow's moving and obviously how slow my son's getting on his bike obviously gonna say i'm like chunka 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 and and for such a you know grim day outside like the colors are still pretty vivid for, you know all things considered well uh john dies uh brought his drone with him when you guys came over to my house and he shot he a did. video on a day that it was kind of snow snowing and whatnot and i think it was the same same drone might have been the predecessor to this no, one i don't know he's got the he's got the mavic pro okay but, um, yeah, mine's, mine's able to shoot 2 2k or 2.7k mine doesn't do 4k so whatever or maybe it does and but, i don't remember but he did um i mean he he pulled up a, a nice video out uh like me i'd have to go buy a phantom 4 pro v2 because i just don't know how to do anything halfway 
Uh, you know, when I got my ham radio license, you know, there's another hobby. You mm-hmm. probably don't know about that one, do you? Now Did you do. Know about that one. Um, so, so what's your what's your ham radio code name? Uh, Kilo Delta Nine or Oscar Lima November KD Nine OLN. See. All right. Um, I I bought. I, I started with a cheap radio, and I mean cheap. Nobody loves that radio. Everybody hates that radio, even though that radio actually works really well. Um, it doesn't meet FCC transmission compliance. Ah, who cares, right? Actually, we do, right? We, you know, the, the, the amateurs of the world do. Um, so once I got my license, I wanted to buy something uh, good. And Isn't I went and looked at a bunch. I went, who what? Isn't that a beautiful landing? I don't know. All I'm seeing is chunka, chunka, chunka. Really? Yeah. You got to remember, Zoom is toning things down. You know, they're they're getting hit pretty hard right now with bandwidth. Here, let me optimize for video share. Is it any better? Oh, it's way better. It's actually flowing. I mean, the quality is down to like 380, but it's at least mm. flowing. So uh, there's a store that specializes in ham radio gear called Ham Radio Outlet. I ended up in one in uh, Arizona. And I spent probably an hour and a half, two hours in there just piddling around with different radios. and ended up buying, of course, not the most expensive handheld, but damn if it wasn't the second most expensive. Um, so yeah, it just, I'm not going like, I'm not going to go through the evolution of buying the $30 radio and then buying the $80 radio and then buying the $150 radio and then buying the $200 radio, then buying the $300 radio and then buying the $500 radio. I just went straight to the $500 and saved myself all the other money in between. That's fair. Right. I, I don't. Like when I buy tools, I buy the best tool I can buy, even if it's way more than what I need, because I don't ever want to have to buy it again. So, um, so a- answer answer this for me: What do you actually do with a ham radio? You you pretend you're six again and you play walkie talkies. <laughs> <laughs> when's the last When's the last time you used it? Last night. Okay. So, so this is still a this is a thing you do. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, look. First of all, the ostensible reason I got it, is I, my wife and I hike a lot. Um, we also hike a lot alone, and I was hoping to convince my wife to get her license so that when she goes out alone and you know, big remote places she has at least a way of communicating with someone, hopefully maybe communicating with someone where a cell phone won't. You're not going to get cell phone reception at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. You're not. Why not? I don't know. The the cell phone companies just don't want to put towers in the bottom of a Canyon. That's fair. Don't ask me why. Just, you know, they're, they're mean bastards about that. Um, and, you know, the chances of someone hearing you on a ham radio at the bottom of the Grand Canyon are also slim. But they're better than zero. And with a cell phone, it's absolutely zero, right? 
Um, so I, I, I went down that road. She's, she's not doing it. I, I want her to, but she's not doing it. Uh, but it's nice. At the very least, I have one. So when I'm out somewhere and there's zero chance of a cell phone catching a signal, if something happens to me, I can at least take it out of my pack and try. Right. I'm not going to die for lack of trying. That's fair. That's, that's, um, that's fair. So that's really the reason I started going down this road. Um, the rest of it is really playing walkie-talkie. Uh, <laughs> pretend you're six again, man. What a nerd. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're nerds. Um, the... Uh, the, the group that I was talking to last night is a group that gets together every Wednesday night uh, to practice uh, managing a large volume of air traffic and so on, you know, air radio traffic, if you will, in the event of an emergency. It's called AERES, uh, Amateur Radio Emergencies uh, System or something like that. Basically, if there's an emergency declared in my county, uh, the members of Aries are able to relay information in the event of like, you know, we lost power, we lost cell phone towers, whatever. When Hurricane Maria happened in Puerto Rico, the only reliable way of of getting information to and fro for the better part of two months was not cell phones. Cell phone towers were down, man. The hurricane just lopped them off. Um and if it didn't lob them off, it definitely took their power source out mm-hmm. where a handheld radio or a small vehicle-based radio, you can recharge and get in your car and, hey, I'm Joe Blow. I'm here. I need this. I can help. I need that. I can help you know, with this. I can help with that and so on and so forth. Uh, so that was another, another reason that I decided, you know what, it's time. Um, uh, but really we're, we're, we're getting together and playing walkie talkie, man. <laughs> That's so funny. What a bunch of nerds. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, get your ham radio license. Maybe we can talk to each other instead of using zoom. We can use some very staticky, you know, uh, you know, uh, HF band and see if we can throw it that far. <laughs> So, so how far does ham radio actually transmit? It'll go around the world, depending on really? which frequency you're on, right? Yeah, you can definitely hit around the world. Um, hmm. You can do more than around the world. It's called uh, backshot. Backshooting is if uh, let's say that you're well, you're you are east of me. Mm-hmm. If I aim, if I take a directional antenna and aim it at you, I'm definitely going to get you on on an HF band, right? Well, not definitely, but very likely going to get you on an HF. There are people that do the opposite. They'll aim their antennas away from each other, directly away from each other, and try to hit each other by going around the world. <laughs> now, for that to happen, you have to have the weather just right. The weather just right. The solar flares have to be just right. The hmm. the stars have to align just right. But it happens. It happens a lot more often than you might think. Um, on a handheld, you're going to go maybe 15, 20 miles. 
all of this, especially in a handheld, you're talking about two meters and 70 centimeters. Um, it's all line of sight. If you cannot see it, you're not going to be able to talk to it. Okay. So on a handheld, if you're, if you're out in the middle of the woods somewhere, people aren't going to be able to hear you. Yeah, because the woods attenuate the signal to some degree, right? Because they absorb the energy. Right. But you can be five miles away and I can't see you, but the, the air, the, the, the antennas can see each other. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the longest, the, the UHF, yes, it was a UHF or VHF. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was a UHF. Contact recorded was from somewhere in the Southern Caribbean hitting somewhere just, just west of Africa, some island just west of Africa. And it's like 400 miles, which That's- is a re- ridiculous distance to go on a uhf band okay uh but on hf yeah you can go around the world again things have to be right you can't just you know but if you go to uh the arrl i think the arrl has a map let's see do they have a map they may have a map here somewhere. Um, here, I'll, I'll share my screen so people can see what we're talking about here. So here's the ARRL. If if they don't, somebody has a map out there with uh, propagation conditions uh, that tell you how the weather's lining up and so on and so forth for signal pro- to propagate across the the planet. So, so Carlos, let me tell you, man, even, even their, their marketing pictures don't make this look like a very sexy hobby. <laughs> there, there's nothing sexy about amateur radio. If, if you think you're going to, if you think you're going to slay the ladies by saying, Hey, I'm an amateur radio operator. Yeah. Let me tell you, you're not. <laughs> All right, so but, you, let's, but you're a married let's, man, so you don't have to worry about that. And I'm a married man, I don't have to worry about that. You know touche. what? My wife can think I'm a nerd. I don't care. She's she's my wife. We've been married for a long, long, long time now. A lot longer than she wants it to be by now. <laughs> All right. So one of the other things that I know, um, I don't know if you dabble or if or if it's a, a serious thing for you, is you do a lot with raspberry pies. Yeah, I, I play around with pies. I, it's actually part of the IT business. Hang on. I think he's going to go get a pie and show it to us, maybe. You know, here we Two go. Pies. A couple of different. So this is an offshoot made by uh, Asus, I believe. Yeah. It's not as good. Not anymore. It used to be better than the pie, but anymore, it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. It'll do. Um. It'll do 4K though, where the pie won't do 4K. It's amazing you that you can, huh? Do you need 4K? Well, if I'm using it as a remote desktop agent, why not? Mm. Right. Uh, a lot of what we do with pies for our clients, um, 
is these things are set up with uh, a wired internet, a wired network connection, keyboard mouse. And all they do is they're an RDP client to a, um, a terminal server. So, you know, the new Pi is a Pi 4 will do dual 4 dual 4K screens. I yeah, I think it's dual 4K. The, I thought you just said the Pi won't do 4K. The Pi 3, the Pi 4, will I think will do 4K. But I know it does dual screens. The Pi 3 only does single HDMI out. Okay. Uh, and it definitely tops out at like 1080 or something like that. It's no not more, even close. Uh, to- no more Weiss terminals for you? Is that what I'm hearing? I haven't done a Weiss terminal in forever because Weiss terminals are the bane of my existence. They're a pain in the butt. <laughs> they never work right. You have to you know, do an incantation to get them to update. Yeah, no, no. Why, why spend 300 bucks on a Weiss terminal when you can spend, call it 70 bucks, because you're going to get fancy and get a nice case and uh, right, right. A, a distinct power supply or whatnot. And th- we're actually doing away with power supplies. Where I don't have one handy right now, but uh, the Pi now can do PoE with, a, with an add-on. So I already have PoE switches to the client sites. Why? I'd be an idiot not to make use of that PoE. I agree completely. Right? You would be an idiot. Uh, so this was an Ace is an Asus Tinkerboard, but you know, two years ago, three years ago, when I got this, the Pi couldn't do 4K, and this one ha- could, and it does. Um, it is ninety nine percent compatible with a Pi. It's not exactly one hundred percent. You have to play around with it to get this to work the same as a Pi. But if you need that extra resolution. At the time, this was the ticket. Uh, and then this is a Pi 3. Um, let me see. Can I? Yeah, I don't care. So this one's set up for tracking airplanes. Here, let me, uh, let's do this. Let me open up a new tab and share this. I know you got to probably, probably getting close to your limit. I, no, we're, we're good. Uh, let's see. Let's go to, Okay. And let me share my screen. And we're going to go to Dear Zoom. Make this easier, please. (laughs) It's a little green box in the bottom. Well, yeah, I I know how to share the promise. I'm looking for the specific window I want to share. There we go. Oh. Oh. I'm built. This is a plane tracker I'm building for a drop zone. This, this is going to end up in uh, San Diego, I believe. Yeah, this is going to end up in San Diego. And with a Raspberry Pi, uh, an RTLSDR. Um, hang on. In this case, I'm using uh, one of these, not the RTLSDR branded, but this is by New Elec. Um, now, since you're sharing your screen, your video is really tiny, so I'll ask you to show yeah. it again once you're done. All right, no big deal. Um, so with the, a Raspberry Pi, an, R, uh, uh, an RTL-SDR, in this case made by Nuelec, um, and some software, we can track every airplane that's flying above us that is within reach of us uh, radio-wise. Um, put an antenna, obviously attached to the RTL-SDR, and... 
here we go. You know, these are the planes that are flying near my house at this point in time. The range rings tells us how, tell us how far we are. And we have this uh, dandy, uh, you know, bit of information here. I see Heading you are uh, 50, 50 nanometers away. Nautical miles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> nanometers would be in lowercase n, lowercase m. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, units of measure matter. Uh, but here are the the uh, identification of the airplane, the registration, and the type of airplane. This is a Cessna 152. Hmm. Uh, the squawk is what air traffic control is telling it to put in its beacon, 1200. Its altitude is going down right now. As you can see, it had the down arrow it was saying it was lowering altitude. This one is lowering altitude as well from 32.7 to 6.5, so on and so forth, right? So, so a couple of those look like they might be landing. Well, nobody's landing right now. These are, are like the lowest guy or gal is at 2,400 feet. So that person may be getting set up to land somewhere, but they're still ways away from landing. Well, I guess when I see 2,000, I guess my assumption is that, you know, the other ones that are at like 40,000, um, you know, like I didn't even realize like that they're up that high. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so you know, the, when, when they're at 2,000, I figure, oh, they must be like descending. Not necessarily. It just depends on the type of airplane, right? A Cessna 152 will cruise at 2.5 all day. Heck, it'll cruise at 1,000 feet all day if you let them. Oh, uh, what's? I guess I just assumed all planes would be at, like, the same height, too. Oh, no, no, no. So hmm. you have different air corridors for different uh, destinations, right? So east to west, you fly at a certain offset. Once they're evens and west to east, you fly odds and north to south. And I'm not a pilot. I'm not that kind of a pilot. So don't ask me because I don't know. I'm just, I just know that they're one way or another. Right. So let's say, let's say these guy, this guy's flying west. This is Southwest Airlines flight 1356, SWA 1356. Hmm. Its tail number is N281WN. It's a Boeing 737. And it's at 38,000 feet. So east to west must be the evens. Right? So let's look at this guy. North to south must be the, must be the evens or the odds because he's awful close to 34,000. So I don't know. Let's go Delta Airlines flying south is on the evens. So let's call north to south is also going to be evens. So if that plane were heading north, it'd be at 39 or at 37. So that makes sense? Hmm. Kind of. Right? And they're not always going to be at 39 or 37, but their air traffic control is going to handle all that, all, all, all the who belongs at what altitude. So if I'm understanding you correctly, there could be five planes all at the same latitude longitude, but because they're flying at different altitudes, that's okay. Exactly. As long, the, uh, I want to say that the separation is a thousand feet. And there's plenty of thousands of feet available. I wouldn't say plenty, but enough. Well, there's enough that there could be 30 planes uh, stacked on top of each other, it looks like. Car 1090. Uh, 
Let's go there. These folks are one of a handful of places where you can uh, track airplanes. Hmm. So let's is go this to one major... that, you, that you made? Oh, heavens no, man. This is... I, f- I feed my data to these people. <laughs> oh. So here we go. Here we go. Here's a, we're looking at O'Hare International. Okay. In Chicago. That's Chicago. Yep. And you see these planes are all lined up. They're all coming in to land at O'Hare. And these guys are on the ground. That's but you so see the cool, corner, man. Right? And you see this guy is leaving. He's departing. And he's hooking to his left. Yeah. This guy is also hooking. He just left. He's hooking to his left. Or maybe he's getting set up to land. He's on descent six seven. Um, so the thing is, this is one of a handful of websites that do this. Uh, Flight Aware is another one. Um, um, let's see. Browse by airport. Let's go to. Uh, what is the airport code for Columbus? I don't know, but um, I was going to say I could give you one over by me. Sure. What is it? Uh, why don't you look up CLE? Good old Cleveland. So here's Cleveland. Is that a helicopter? Uh, yes, that's a helicopter. Huh. Oh, of course, I popped it into a separate window. But, you know, here are the flights near CLE right now. Um, now, is would so, you say that this is a normal amount of planes? Or no. because of the COVID thing, there would be a lot more? We're down to less than a third of the air traffic that we normally would have. Wow. Um. I don't have it handy, but I, I, you know, let me go back to here. So I don't have it handy, but, oh, maybe I do have it handy. I have some information handy. Here's another, this is my actual home station. So this is a look at today, right? And we're looking on, you know, averaging 12 flights or 12 airplanes overhead at any given moment right now mm-hmm. over the last 24 hours. Let's go to monthly, and we can see a month ago, uh, average was 16, so that higher. But we were already in the midst of the COVID-19 lockout, right? Correct. So you can see the curve of aircraft coming down, right? Mm-hmm. You see that there's a trend downward. And I bet the yearly would be even more... Exactly. And that's where I was going to go with this. You can see where, oh wow. in, you know, February, you know, January, here's a pretty normal, you know, December, looking, January, December. And then you I'm, see the slope goes down pretty fast. Yeah. And I'm actually on the, the smaller green one where it says aircraft scene. I'm yeah, looking down here. there. Yeah. Wow. So... I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but... But it's a marked difference, right? It's a drastic difference. And obviously there's a period in 
maybe November, excuse me, where maybe you had something offline? Exactly. My tracker was offline. I didn't have time to go fix it, so it stayed offline. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I knew that there were less flights. I didn't realize it was this few of flights. It is a massive difference. I have a couple of friends that are pilots for airlines, and one of them just switched airlines. Like, uh, he, he quit flying for X, Airline X in January because he took a job with Airline Y in January, and his training didn't start until March. And his training basically is like, well, you're going to go through training, but that's it. As soon as you're done with training, we're going to furlough you. Wow. They did. Uh, so he has 90 days to get 100 hours in an Airbus 320, which is not going to happen. So why did they bother putting him through training? Because in the event that we go back to normal sometime soon, they're going to need pilots. Got it. Right? Uh, the airline pilot scene has been needing new pilots massively needing new pilots for the last few years. Um, a lot of pilots that are in the system now are getting ready to retire. They're about to hit that age. Um, and my understanding is, you know, there are, there are some pilots that have been doing this for a while that are, are doing really well for themselves. Oh yeah. And then, and then there's the newer pilots that I mean, it's it's no different than being a manager at McDonald's, where precisely, um, and, you know, flight school, especially if you're going to go through the process of getting commercial rated and so on and so forth, you're looking at a hundred and hundred fifty grand. That's a lot of money, man. Like you can so be for the first ten years, for that kind of money. You know, for the first ten years, you're a pilot. You're going to be flying as a co-pilot. You're not even going to be a captain. So you're going to be at the bottom of the pay scale. And you have this massive amount of debt over your head that you have to chunk away at, right? And then so hopefully at some point in time in there, you get promoted to captain. You start making a little bit more scratch, and you're able to pay off some more. But the first 10 years of a pilot's uh, commercial life are miserable. That sounds absolutely miserable, man. Like, I mean, I know that's the word you just fly, used. but So here's that, that software-defined radio. That's what an SDR is. This was so made by New Elec. What's the connector you're you're holding on to? So the the device itself comes with uh, this kind of connector. It's called an SMA connector. Looks like a coax cable. It is a coax cable. Uh, that's how you feed an antenna into it. But I put an adapter in it because, being the radio nerd that I am. I have everything in my – all of my antennas run on uh, on BNC. You remember the old school BNC networks? Oh, my now you're goodness. Too, you're, you're too young to know what BNC networks are. Twinix, hey, son. I, I learned about those in high school. <laughs> I learned about those in elementary school. I was told that stuff was ancient back then. Um, but all of my antennas are set up with BNC – so that I can use any antenna on anything as long as obviously it matches, right? In this case, I was using this to tune into two meters, uh, 
amateur bands and I had it connected to one of my two meter antennas. So I have the BNC connector on. Um, but this is a software defined radio is only, this one is only good for receiving. It won't let you transmit and you can tune into just about any band you want with it. Think about that. So are you saying I can tune into a band that might be used by a local corporation that they're using like wireless microphones? Oh, absolutely. If the, if the wireless microphone is analog, it'll definitely be picked up by this if you know the frequency. I mean, this has boundaries, right? I want to say, I don't remember the exact, but call it from, I don't know, 30 hertz to 3,000 megahertz. Excuse me. So it's going to cover the, the majority of the spectrum that you want. So if you're running a wireless microphone that is analog, that um, falls within the, the you know, frequency range that this can pick up, you can definitely pick it up. If it's the digital, you can still pick up the digital signal, but it's going to sound like a modem, right? Hmm. However, you can take a modem, plug in for the software defined radio and D you know uh, uh, it was a mo modulate dem demodulate so you can demodulate the signal and turn it into an analog sound if you have the right plugin that is really cool man so i know that most um like sure sennheiser uh, Audio Technica, like those types of microphones. Um, I mean, they used to do a lot of like 600 megahertz, but that frequency got sold off to whoever. So now they're in the, you know, 400, 500 area. So you can, now mind you, you can pick those up. They you, still have have, to, you, you still have to be in range of them. It's not like those things transmit be, for miles. Exactly. You, you have to be inside of range of them, number one. Number two, you have to have an antenna tuned for that. Uh, you think, you know, all antennas are made the same. No, they're not. It's just a big right? metal stick, man. Yep, but the metal stick has to be the right length to pick up the signal. Right? Well, the longer so, it is, the more signals it can pick up, right? Not necessarily. You just get right? one so that's hang like, on. Let, let, you, just uh, get, you just get a 20-foot metal stick, and it'll pick up all the signals. It'll pick all the signals up poorly. It'll only It'll only pick up the signals for 20 feet properly, right? So you have a, an antenna like this one that's telescoping, 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 whatever you... English is my second language. It is, <laughs> for, for reals. Um, and you extended to the length needed for the frequency that you want to pick up, right? So you grab, you do the math, and you figure out that you need a 70-centimeter uh, antenna I'm using 70 centimeters because uh, 70 millimeter, I should say, 71, 71 millimeter, I think it is for 1090. I just built one so long ago. And so that's I your have airplane that tracker, right? Huh? 1090, yeah. that's your airplanes. And of course, I'm using the wrong ruler because this one is in inches, not in centimeters. Let me find the centimeters scale. Here we go. So let's call it 70 centimeter. This antenna is way too long already. 
right? This antenna would not work well for it. It would work, but it wouldn't work well because so, it's longer than, than my ideal wavelength. My ideal wavelength in this antenna is going to be a quarter wave. But you can just if, get like some scissors and cut some of that off, right? Well, uh, not scissors, but, uh, you know, metal cutters, diagonal cutters. I've done that before. I've made, I've made antennas out of wire where you take a connector and you put a piece of wire in it, you cut it to the right length, and then you make uh, ground planes for it, and it works. It's uh, really simple to make an antenna if you know the length of the, uh, of the wavelength that you need. Uh, anyhow. That's really awesome, man. So... So, Carlos, I really appreciate you hopping on here with me today. There are so many other things I, I want to talk to you about. Uh, just, you know, for obvious reasons. We we didn't really get to talk much about the MSP stuff because squirrel, you know? Squirrel. Um, will, will you come back another time and, and we can sure. do this again? Sure. I, I'd love that. On the MSP side, yeah, the best advice I can give you or anybody else in this world is automate your stuff. Yes. Use your tools. Automate the hell out of it. If you have to do it more than once, automate it, automate it, automate it because – it's time you're going to save. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Carlos. Thank you, everyone, for watching. If, uh, if anyone here is interested in checking out a peer group for your MSP, uh, go check out rocketmsp.io. Um, we have weekly and monthly peer group options available. I'll see you all to the next one. Take care, guys.